Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. Hair metal was one big rock and roll circus that burst onto the scene and ruled the airwaves, concert venues, and MTV in the 1980s. The bands had dangerous names like Poison and Slaughter, and they wrote songs about partying and getting chicks. They embraced the idea that rock and roll was about having a good time, and they took it to cartoonish levels of excess. On this episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're going to raise our cigarette lighters and salute to our top six hair bands of all time. We'll talk about some of the most iconic bands of the era, and of course, we'll play some fist-pumping power anthems and some hold-your-girl power ballads. Cue the song by Europe, because it's the hair band countdown. Turn up to 11. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode 11. <laughs> Turned up <laughs> to 11. 11. I am your host, Bruce Kramer. I'm here with Doug McCusker. Yo. And Ryan McCusker. Are you rocking out there? I sure as hell hope so. So tonight we have our jean jackets on and we are ready to talk about hair metal. Ah, I love it. Let the cheese begin. This is going to be awesome. God, man. I grew up on hair metal, and I have a special place for it in my heart. It's like one of those guilty pleasure kind of things. I take a lot of shit because I like these bands growing up. Even now, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick up for some of my favorite bands, and some of my friends are probably going to break my balls about it. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. you know. I tell the truth when it comes to our show. But, you know, us growing up, this is like our first exposure to like heavy guitar, high you know, power ballots. Like it was definitely like my first exposure to bands like to as Led Zeppelin, like listening to this music, like exposed me to like going down that rabbit hole back then, at, you know, listening to Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, you know. Black Sabbath, and so on and so forth. This is probably one of the most polarizing genres of music since we've been sure. alive. You know, like sure. people love it or they hate it. I am willing to die on this hill that this music is fantastic. It is fantastic, dude. It's That's why it will never die. Fun things never die. Some bands are so big, they will never go away. Like, you still go in the bars, and they'll still play Pour Some Sugar on Me. Dude, that's what the 80s were nothing but fun. You know, you see all those pictures of the Sunset Boulevard. They're all partying on the street. Like, you didn't have to go into a club. The party was going on outside on the street. It was definitely flammable. The the Aquanet hairspray (laughs) that was going around was killing the ozone layer in, in L.A., there is no music genre that is more about sex, drugs, and rock and roll no. than this stuff from like 83 to like 1990. No, definitely not. But, you know, they had their roots, you know, like glam rock, you know, like Bowie and the Dolls. It, it all came from that, you know. It was just more aggressive guitar, in my opinion. The party ethics of it, that was a big part of the music, was the party. Um, dude, we're talking like 83. We're talking pre eights, you know. Sure. Everybody was just. You and each other. You and, know? In the eighties, man, it is all about like cocaine, cocaine, <laughs> and Rogaine, right? It is, <laughs> let, this, let the good times roll. Yeah, and it's all about just the excess and, and rock and roll, man. That's what rock and roll was about. And how many times we've talked about this in 
every single episode we've done that music is about the way it makes you feel. It's not about anything else. And this stuff was all about just having a good time. You know, ever since I was a little kid, you know, in like 1987, it was 12 years old. That was the first time I heard some of these bands. And it became such an important part of my life at, at a young age. These songs are anthems to people. They help them get through life. Some people like look down on it, but some people really take it to the next level of liking this music. Like there's still like hair band like um Sue festivals Panther. going like, on yeah. every summer. This music will never die because fun shit never dies. And like anything else, it's like a time warp for people to yeah. go back and think where they were and just doing research for the show. It's like, oh man, I remember like listening to that the first time or man, I had this t shirt or that t shirt. The t shirts were great back in the they day. Were. We had so many rock and roll t-shirts when we were kids. Every day was just like a poison shirt or, you know, a warrant shirt or a Bon Jovi shirt that, you know, every day, every single day. I had to laugh. I was like a 12-year-old kid walking around with a like Talk Dirty Me t-shirt on. Well, Bruce is sitting here. I don't you know. He really surprised us coming in. He came in full glam rock, man. He's got this big purple hair thing going for him. He kind of looks like C.C. DeVille. I'm wearing actually a zebra duster. Too. Yeah, yeah. You'll see him walking to the bar like when when we're open, walking. In the I'm just I, impressed. I'm, I, let's give I, it up to him. But you look gorgeous, my friend. Thank you. So I think one of the first things we want to talk about on the list is like what makes a great hair band. Right? Guitar, we're, guitar, definitely the soaring guitar. guitars, the big drum sound. I would say the um, the band logo. Sure, there, I can't think of another genre that had like every band had a logo. It was yeah. definitely visuals were definitely like a huge part. Everything from what the band logo looked to looked at looked like to MTV. Yeah, how they, they looked. MTV is huge in this. Uh, yeah, huge. they they sold everything to the world. Absolutely. It was like it was like an advertisement to go see them live. Like you see you see like videos going on like like Bon Jovi band name or Motley Crue, um, Wild Side, Wild Side. And it was like advertisements to go see their shows because you have like this bigger than life show with explosions and lights. The cartoonish yeah, level exactly. of yeah, yeah, like the band names, right? Like the they're spelled with an X and yeah, yeah, the yeah, Z yeah, yeah. and just the, the and everybody over- needed a gimmick to yeah, be noticed. Yes, yes, everything yeah. was a gimmick. Going back to the T-shirts, that was like free advertisement for these bands. But yeah, like you buy the T-shirt and you're walking, like you said, walking around South Philly with it, and maybe you know like five other headbangers of what they used to call us, like when we were kids. You were just a headbanger. It's like you see somebody else with a T-shirt on, and you automatically became friends with them because they were into something that you were into. Yes, if you you wore the shirt, it was like a nod and a wink. Like, hey man, you're in the club. Yeah, Yeah. or or you, I can't believe you like Bon Jovi. Like you know, it got cheesy real fast. It got kind of like again, yeah, we'll talk about it. Ten years. Metal was or hair band or glam rock or whatever you want to call it was around. Like it went, it came in real fast and it got out real fast. It yeah. meltdown. Yeah. Fast. And it was a major yeah. meltdown. The window in which all of this stuff happens yeah. is really, really, really compact. It sure. was like, you know, 83 to like 88. And it was like manufactured. It was like cookie cutter. You know, it was like, you know, it, it was like, okay, well, these guys have big hair, this, that, blah, blah, blah. The singer looks good. He's blonde. The rest of the guys have black hair. Yeah. And, you know. There was a formula. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. They were like, okay, like you said, here comes the ripping guitar solo, and here comes the bridge. And, you know, yeah, everything and I, was like such a but, cookie cutter way of how writing but, songs. 
and the, and the power ballads too, man. The power oh, yeah. ballads are yeah. like, you know, that that is a cornerstone of all this from the early '90s, late '80s, man. That was you didn't have a hit album unless you had a power ballad on it. Sure, like you would you would have a band come out with an album. The first song that was released off the album would be like a fast party song, and usually the second song would be a about a power ballad song. You know, yeah, which would really sell albums because people were really into them but dude everything about that scene was great everything was fun it was a party you know it's like i I have such great memories of waiting in line for concert tickets yeah you know like you get up at five o'clock in the morning you wait outside the spectrum to see bands and back then or west coast video anywhere they had a ticket master yeah and uh you know and back in 89 there was a concert coming every week yeah and we were like so full speed, it's full speed ahead. We were so fortunate that we lived near the spectrum that we went to a, a lot of these shows that came. I'm sitting here and I'm the one sits behind the laptop with the uh, playlist behind it. And in the upper left hand corner, it pulls together a little montage of all the crap that we have on the playlist. And going around the horn is Warrant, Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, and Def Leppard, little album covers. They're all the same thing. They all have the the band name at Up the top. At the yeah. top in a neon kind of color. And every one of these four that I'm looking at, I know exactly what they are just looking at it from a sure. glimpse. Dude, everything was so flashy then. It had to be. Yeah. It had and to it be. Was you all- had to put a hot chick on the cover or some kind of great artwork. Um, do you remember your first hairband album that you got, Bruce? Yes. Dr. Feelgood by Motley Crue. Really? How about you, Ryan? Yeah. Slippery when wet. So everyone, my first one, uh, look what the cat dragged in. When I think of hair bands, I think of the video from Slaughter, Up All Night, Sleep All Day, and all the girls waiting for the concert, and they're all jumping up and down, and they're just singing that over and over and over uh. again. Ryan, you you had something this week, man, when I was like, hey, we got to talk about what does hair music mean? You're like, it was a movement. It was a culture. It was. It was a movement. It was a culture. You're a part of a club. Doug said you know, you had a rock shirt on and another kid had a rock shirt on. It was like, oh, cool. We could be friends. Again, just the camaraderie of people. Like, Doug, how many people have we met in line at concerts? Oh, hundreds of And people. like, hundreds we were little kids. Is this where the concert t-shirt came from? Where the concert t-shirt? Yeah. yeah I think is in that, the 80s, is that a like the marketing. That came out of the, the marketing. 80s? Like you had Kiss. Okay. Kiss, which, you know, we'll, we'll tap into that. But Kiss really started that. They got from the Beatles merchandising. They really went forward with that. So yeah. I think, you know, everybody saw that. And okay, you know, the only, okay, the record company gets the money for the units that are sales. So, but the way for a band to make money, and it's still today, is you have to go out and tour and you have to sell t shirts. You got to And you got to make them super cool. You yeah. Know? Like, you know, I always had money for a t shirt for every concert I yeah, went you save to. up for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I was like, all right, we got to go get a t shirt. I still kind of do it. Oh, I still we still go to shows. I'm like, let's go hit the merchandise tent. Or yeah, let's go know. check it out. Sure. I, now we're looking for fish posters, but yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I, I spent six hundred dollars over the last three months to get this outfit to wear. Tonight yeah, you got- dude. The glitter, the glitter, the 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 spandex. This is the only time I can come home with glitter all over me, and my wife doesn't think I was at a strip club. Man. So. I just hope I don't get any on me. I don't know. Little, I hope nobody sees you coming out of here. The bars close and like, right, right. You know, I, us three dudes come out. And oh, like, I, can't, I can't stand here close to the light bulbs because yeah. my hair's going like, to light up on fire. But yeah, the culture, it, I, I knew I keep on saying it was fun, but compared to what happened after the meltdown, everybody was a drag, dude. But I'll say this though. The reason why that music was so popular and still popular, people still love it. 
is because of the guitar solo. Every band had a flashy guitar player. Like yeah. Some fast licks. The faster, the better. Yeah. Like the, the more whammy bar, the yeah. better. Yeah. And in my opinion, I, I know we're going to talk about this, but when I think about like glam rock guitar, I think about C.C. DeVille. He He's is, the man. Absolutely. He is the man. He's the man. Absolutely. C.C. DeVille is like the Mozart of hairband guitar player. Absolutely. And when we start this, he's the first person I thought of. I'm like, dude, he's hair metal. But I got a lot of respect for him. I hate to put, and a lot of things that we'll talk about, like, I got a lot of respect for these bands to, to put them in a category dude. of being in a hair band. I understand, though. That's their roots. No, but they are. But these songs, they're dude, timeless. They're timeless songs. The music that these bands play, Poison, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, they're not easy songs to play. The tightness has to be. As tight as a snare drum. You can't be sloppy like the Stones are or like thrashing like metal is. Like for guitar and drums, I agree with you. And the singer. Yeah. Like, definitely. But bass player, like doing research, I learned so many songs. I'm like, I just start laughing. I'm like, you're just riding it. But I do agree with you for the drums and have to be huge. And the guitar has to be huge. And the singing has to be huge the parts are synchronized like they'll have runs a guitar solo with the bass solo mm-hmm. like they'll they'll run but that's when you get into bands like judas priest and maiden and everything like that those guys yeah yeah i wouldn't even put them in this category no they like, have nothing to do with they this. have nothing to do with this nah. but like when you're saying that like the musicianship those are the bands that i think of yeah not so much these hair bands except for the guitar and the drums well there was a lot of great songwriting going there on. was they can't you, deny you that. can't deny any you of cannot songs deny this era of music people either love it or they friggin hate it yeah but everybody knows a song though and, and it's it's mellowed in the last 10 years it's kind of had a resurgence of now it's nostalgic but it was like this is great rock and roll, right? It is like, great is, rock and roll. It's, it's just good music. People want to remember good times. You still go to a, like a sporting event. You still hear the final countdown. You still hear a handful of these songs. Yeah, you hear Twisted Sister you all the time. You hear Twisted we're not going to take it. You hear you know? Living on a Prayer yeah. all the You know what? I wish we can go back and have a good time like we did back then. You know, I was way too young to party in the 80s. I wish I was old enough. God. We're going on all these shows that we saw. Like we went to Motley Crue and like we were like fourteen years old. That's like I think that's the first time I smelled like marijuana. Oh, I was thinking about that today. And I was like, "What does that smell?" And I think my mom was with us. She took us to that show. She probably was reading a book. And I was like, "What's that smell?" She's like, "Don't worry about it. Just watch your show." Yeah, I mean, I totally remember being yeah. fourteen years old, and I'm like. Holy shit, there's Tommy Lee playing the drums. But holy shit, look at this blonde standing <laughs> yeah, next to me. Yeah. You know, I knew I wanted to be a drummer right then. My eyeliner makeup is starting to run. You want to jump into our top six? Let's do this top six thing, guys. So I think we're just going to run through our top six, and then we're going to talk about a little bit of other stuff, and then we're going to circle back, and we're going to talk about some of the bands. All right, we're going to get down to our top six. We're going to go six to one, the final countdown. The second half of the show, we're going to play a lot of music. We're going to talk about a lot of these bands. But right now, we're just trying to get it out of the way and see what we're, we got playing with here. So, Bruce, why don't you go first? All right. Since I am the best-dressed person you here are. right now, so I'm going to go six through one. Number six, Slaughter. Number five, Warrant. Number four, Motley Crue. Number three, Def Leppard. Number two, Whitesnake. And number one, the best hair band of all time, Poison. Wow, well, that's a bold statement. That's a great, great yeah. list. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, Doug, what do you got? All right, uh, 
I try to be as fair as I possibly could to to my heart. So my number six is Twisted Sister. Number five, Death Leopard. Number four, Warrant. Number three, Motley Crue. Number two, Poison. And number one, another great band from New Jersey, Bon Jovi. That's right on, man. You got a good little set there, man. I try. I had Warrant like at number six. I'm like, man, I like Warrant a little bit too much to have them at number six. No, right? you know, Ryan. It's what? What do you got? Okay, my number six is a band from Philadelphia, a band called Cinderella. They may some people may say they're not a hair band, but go look at that first album. My number five is Warrant. My number four is Poison. Number three is Death Leopard. Number two is Motley Crue. And my number one is Bon Jovi. Go figure that. Me and you get Bon Jovi for number one. Not I don't know. I, th- I think I think it has something to do when we were 12 years old. We sat like fifth row. Yeah. <laughs> like we sat fifth row on the New Jersey tour. And actually, it was our second show. Bruce, you know what our first show was? Breedrall Yankovic and the Monkees. And Bon Jovi, fifth row. Bon Jovi, fifth row, goddamn New Jersey tour. So that was our top six of our hair bands. If you're wondering why we have six in the count, and usually people have five because there's six strings on the guitar. So, you know, that's that's why we have six. And six, 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 baby. Yeah. We got to be a little different here. I know. We are, we are the prisoners of rock and roll. Six beers and a six pack. Okay, now we're going to do, are they a hair band or were they a metal band? And I got a list, and we're going to sit back, and you yeah. guys tell me or not, and I'm going to have my own suggestions also. Okay. Let okay. Right. We start off. Winger. Yes. 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 But, but Kip Winger is an amazing musician. He's a great bass player. He, awesome he, uh, bass he player. He got his start with Alice Cooper. Great. And Alice Cooper just hires the best. Yes, he does. Vixen. Hair band. Absolutely. Absolutely. They were the chicks of the hair band. And Bon Jovi wrote some songs for them, did they? Uh, oh, I don't know about that. I, that could be true. The Edge of a Broken Heart uh, song? I think it was, I think he wrote that. Yeah, maybe Sam Borer was banging one of them. Probably. Yeah. Great White. Absolutely. Uh, were they a rock and roll band or were they a hair band? I'll say they were a rock and roll band. I put them in the hair band. Yeah, Once Bitten, Twice Shy. That was, that, that was, was, that, that was, that was a, a cover. That's a rock and roll song yeah. Yeah. covered by a hair band. Yeah. Yes. But everybody was like losing the makeup, like that poison makeup. And everybody started wearing the, the dusters, the leather yeah, you're, dusters. Yeah, and the, hat, yeah, and the I mean, leather hats and yeah, the sunglasses. Yeah, everybody kind of started changing. We're not talking about that like Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses like look yet. No, no, no. We're talking more, like you said, like the dusters and like they had mullets going. Yeah. You know, it was just like the glam just got done and they're all wearing like cowboy be cowboys. Boots. And yeah. Sambora was a big pusher for that. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Trickster. No. Yes. They have an X in their name. <laughs> <laughs> I love Trickster. I yeah, love that first yeah, album. We love them. That first album was so good. Yeah, it was great. We actually went and saw Trickster at the Trocadero. God, it had to be 1991, 1992. But the show was a matinee. And let's just say the show was over at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. That evening, they had the band Guar headlining at the Trocadero. So they needed an opening band. Yeah, so right. what happened, Trickster wind up opening up for Guar. At the age I'm at now, 
I would would have loved to seen that. Dude, I heard they got fucking killed. Sure. I, I musically can't even process that. But you know, you gotta think about how much fun it was for those guys in Trickster to open up for Guar. You could throw all kinds of stuff at me. But like you just opened up for Guar. I think they were scared shitless. Dude, I, I've, I've think seen it would have been the racing ever. Yeah, yeah. I've been, oh, I've, I'm I've, I've seen Guar twice. I've yeah. seen them twice. No, I've seen Trickster a couple times. I was yeah, like, they're probably twice. scared shitless. Yeah, but no, if I think if those guys got a sense of humor about themselves, they do. They're they're and that's really why they open for them. They're great. Trickster really is a good. They're band. a great band. They're still around. Thank yeah. God. Another New Jersey. Band. Yeah, Nelson. I don't know what they are. I don't. Uh, I try to forget the about hair them. band. With, they like, they yeah, were the twins. Band. They were Ricky they're Nelson's the, the kids. Band. They're twins. Yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. live without your love and affection. Yeah. Right? The long yeah. hair. Yeah. yeah, they're a hair band. Yeah, they're a yeah. hair band. A lot of purple and- Totally. Uh, yeah, going on. They had that long blonde hair and they had matching guitars and they really played up that twin thing. Yeah, they were lame. Man, I feel like we should be playing some of this stuff. No. We, can, we can play a little bit later. We can play a little bit later. We'll, right. we'll get into this. We're, I'm really into Depending this. Depending how much right time now. we have left over, yeah. we can play some of this. Okay, let's keep on going here. All right. LA Guns. No. They're a rock band, dude. Okay, they're a rock band. White Lion. Yes, yes. they're a hair yes, band. They're hair band. Yeah. Damn Yankees. Well, that was like a super band. So yes, only because of that that video of High Enough with Ted Nugent in the zebra outfit. Kind of looks like what you have on tonight. It does. I have the same glasses. But they were like the tail end of that thing. But that song was yeah, totally they're, hair they're band. Hand, they're a power ballad. Yeah. Okay. Danger, danger. Yes. Great name. Do you remember great album them? Covers. Yeah. yeah. Great yeah, album they, covers. They were fun. Bang Tango. No. They were a rock band. They were a rock band. Yeah. What do you think, Bang Tango? Lita Ford. Uh, she came out of the Runaways. So... No, but just Lita Ford solo. Sure. Kiss Me Deadly. Come on. Yeah. She wrote that with uh, Nikki Six. Yeah. And then she did uh, Close Your Eyes Forever with no, Ozzy. Lita Ford is so hot. Uh, yeah. She is hot. Yeah. She's we're going to say pads in that video too. Yeah, we're just going to say she's a goddess and leave it alone. Yeah. Skid Row. No. They were a metal band. They were a metal Me, band. You know, I remember you was some kind of classic chick song, but dude, they were a rocking band. They they just I, I was watching YouTube videos of them all week. Sebastian Bach's one of the greatest frontman ever, but too bad he's an asshole. I thought they were a hair band until we did the 1991 episode, and yeah. I stand out. Yeah, they are. They're a great band, man. Oh, it's great band. Road. It's a shame. I hope. I wish. Uh, I wish Sebastian Bach get in the band just one more time. They'll never let it happen. I know they fucking hate him. <laughs> <I know. laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, it's back, Mister Big. Yes, because I, of that one song. That is the quintessential. Power battle. The one Be With You song? Yes. yes. That's the only song I know by them. Right. So like, I, I, like, I say yeah. I'm going to put a gun to your head. If I had a gun underneath the zebra duster, put it to your head, say name a second song by Mr. Big, you can't do it. Did that guy sing that song, Love Hurts? Yes. Like, did he? Okay. Yeah. Extreme. No. Yeah, no fucking no way. No way. Dude, they were too good of a band. Too good of a band. I just saw them last year. I was kind of jealous. And of they were so good, man. Nuno brought it cord. Brought it. He is. I called them a hair band in the '91 episode, and Ryan was going to shank me with a broken yeah. whiskey bottle. Dude, they, they're a funk band. They are. They a are funk, funk band. band. The they're Boston funk. The thing with that band, okay, they had the more than more than words song, but dude, at that time when that song came out, it, you couldn't find a bigger band. They had Nuno Betancourt's hands insured for a million dollar a piece, and that guy is. Like, he's, he's a tremendous, Joe Satriani, yeah, man. He's great. He's yeah. a tremendous musician all around. Okay, let's keep moving. All right. 
Aerosmith. No. Yes. Not really? Like specific okay. era. Okay. 80, 85 to, like, much, I will argue this is Bon Jovi. Yeah. Bon Jovi has a window that they were a hair yeah. band. Okay. Aerosmith has a window they were a I hair agree. band. Okay. I agree. Yes, I agree. Permanent Vacation. Permanent Vacation pump. Yes. And then even Living, living on the Edge, whatever that album was called. Okay. Fast the Pussycat. Yes. 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 Okay. They suck. Rat. Yes. 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 They're, we they're got like it. one of the original hair bands. They are awesome. Oh, I saw them last like two, last year, and I knew like two songs, and I it was just really like I'm glad they got that like a commercial. So you're playing a small venue, and it's not even filled, and it's just like Stephen Piercy is just over this whole like. This whole thing that's called the rat, and well, he better the, ride that gravy train. Well, they had the, that commercial, then COVID hit. I guess they, I guess they were trying to. Uh, so we said something ahead of time that we were doing this episode, and a number of people that mentioned that rat should be on their list. It was like through the roof. It the was. feedback that yeah. we got, and I was like, "Is that Geico commercial?" Well, you know, like we're all about the same age here. By the time we all start like listening, picking and choosing what we were listening to, rat was all already on their way out. Let's do this right now. Let's play the first song. Rats on there, you're in love. Crank it out for a couple seconds. You take the midnight subway train. You call another shot. You strip a lightning. You're in love. You take the evening one on one. You're only living. Rat was a huge band, and they got a big response from everybody that I was talking to about their top six. Rat was definitely in there. I'm amazed that their people like them as much as they do. I Maybe it's just me. I don't know. All right. Let's keep on going. Quiet Riot. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they, they were, were definitely, definitely, definitely yeah. hair band. I did some research, and they say that they're the first hair band. I don't know if that's necessarily I've true. Read that I don't know what you guys think about that. I don't think that lead singer had enough hair to yeah. be in a hair band. Man, he was obnoxious, wasn't Kevin, he? Kevin, I don't know. Whatever his name is. Okay, Doug, 80s Kiss. Yes. They transformed. They went with the times. They took off the makeup, and they did Lick It Up. They did Crazy you know, Nights. They did a lot of great albums. Yeah, like Crazy Nights is a great, great album. Yeah. Like Here Comes the Night, you know. And Hot in the Shade. Hot in the Shade's another great album. Revenge. So, yeah. Revenge is my favorite. Well, Revenge is when they were kind of like grunge is kind of coming around, getting a little bit edgier. Mm-hmm. And then after, right after that, I put the makeup back on. So, okay. yeah, they, they evolved. They went with the times. They sold yeah. the money in it. So and They were great in the 80s. But that's a band that a lot of these other bands that we talked about idolizes growing up. Ace Freely was that huge guitar. They arena rock, like it's arena rock. They were. You know? They invented to a point hair band. Yeah, they, they, to a point. Yeah. Okay, guys. The Scorpions. No, no, I don't really like them at all. I, but do you think they're a hair band? Um, I think they're more than just a hair band. Like, dude, they are super popular. They play yeah. like they play all over the world. They're on stamps in Germany. Just America, they burned out. Do you remember that show they did in Russia, like Make a Difference Foundation? Do you remember that, Bruce? No, they're, I, I welcome the opportunity to throw them in the electric chair. <laughs> hear me out for a second. So they did this. So all these hair bands went over to Russia. You know, it was a big promotion for Bon Jovi and Motley Crue. So 
Doc McGee, who managed like everybody, got busted for trafficking drugs. So, oh, let me do something. Let me put this big concert together. Let's bring the East and the West together. So, bring this concert together. There were more drugs going on that plane over to Russia than coming back. So, the Scorpions played this thing. I don't know if you remember watching it. Dude, these people were going crazy over Scorpions. In Russia. In they Russia. Were, they, they, were, they knew who they were. Like, you know, they this were is going there's, ape shit. You know, this is still like the Iron Curtains up. So, I give them that. I always think when I think of them, I think yeah, yeah, I think they're bigger than a hair band. So do I. Even though I don't like them in the world, they're huge. Sure. I give it up to yeah. them, but I don't think they're a hair band. Okay. The cult. No. No. Okay. Dockin. Yeah, I guess so. David yeah, I Lynch think Dockin is yeah. a hair band personally. Yeah, they're a good band. They're a little melodic. Again, another band before our time, I think. Yeah. The Bullet Boys, remember them? Yes. Yeah, they're a hair band. Were they I thought they were a little bit more on the edge. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Striper. Yes. Okay. That's a cute unanimous say yes. That was Ryan's band growing up, dude. Like, dude, I had was, a I had a patch. Yeah. Ryan was a big striper jacket. fan. Did you really? Yeah. Oh yeah. He was a big fan. Oh yeah. I had a it's like Doug had a talk dirty to me t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I went totally the opposite way and had a striper shirt on and said to hell with the devil on it. But that's why I think you liked it. None, none of the message of like the Christianity or anything like that, but it was the hell with to with the devil. I thought it, I was listening to that song driving over here. That's a good song. Tight. They're yeah. tight band. Okay, guys. Dream theater no 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 they're, they're a great band. they're a great band they they came out like after all the hair bands no they came in about 91 92 would you call them an industrial band maybe no, no progressive they, yeah pro- yeah progressive rock like, like kind of like rush and, yeah 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 they're very technical absolutely band. Yeah. people still love them okay man of war bruce no man of war was initially on my list mm-hmm. and i had to remove them because of the outright hatred that they have for hair bands and <laughs> you're I hope, scared of them here and this i way. hope we can do an episode on man of war as the most over the top they are they look like ele- yeah they look like like arnold schwarzenegger on the cover of like conan yeah. the barbarian yes yeah. anyway okay moving on firehouse yes 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 they I were like them. i like them yeah don't treat me bad hanoi rocks yes is that the guy Razzle? Yes. yes. They, I guess killed. so. It's still killed. What? Yeah. What's the name of the singer of the band? Michael Monroe. That's right. Yeah. Warlock. Never heard of him. Yes. There was a chick singer. Never yes. heard of him. Yeah, totally, man. Dangerous Toys. Yes. yes. No. Yes. What? Dangerous Toys is where Leonard Skinner meets. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That, that, that dirty Southern they had music. To- Meets hairband. I loved them. They dude, were album covers too. were great, dude. Like, I, I yeah. loved them. That song that was, scared. Yeah, that was they, your band too. They were we my. We met them when we were kids. Did we? Did you really? We, yes, we did. Where do we meet them at? At the Spectrum. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. But I do. I have awesome. I still have the uh, the autograph from Rip Magazine. Nice. Okay, the final countdown guy. Europe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Van Halen. No. Absolutely yeah, not. They're they're timeless. They have yeah. nothing to do it. They they yeah. had some good hits out during that time of period, but they they just had hits every decade. But that was they, like the Sammy Hagar, like every song was love, which you know we all talked about. We prefer Sammy over Dave. But um, that's a good question. I still say no. Okay, I got a few more here. Ozzy Osbourne. No, dude, I don't know. There's like nope. the ultimate sin videos. I don't know. 
Dude, like he was know, part of it, man, but he wasn't it. He was a lot cooler than that, man. Yeah, he like, was a lot cooler than it, but he had like hairband shit going on. I for guess him. so. He had Metallica opening up for on on that tour, and he was yeah. totally the ultimate sin. And, yeah, no, but he was all glammed out. His hair was all yeah. big. But then, you know, drugs. he got it. Yeah, drugs will make you do hands and look at Bruce. You know, he's all cocaine's yeah. a hell of a drug. Yeah. But you know, Ozzy, you know, changed with the times. You know, yeah, and he no, kept, yeah, you know, and yeah. then you know, no more tears came out. And he, you know, we talked about that a couple yeah. weeks ago, but I still say no. Okay, we got two more here Tesla. No, definitely not. They're one of the greatest, greatest bands, bands. They're just From that time a great period. rock and roll band. Yes, because they get lumped into that era. If you're if you're talking about it, they just fall into it because of that that album. And I never knew that much about them too. You guys are really really passionate about where they fit in and their yeah. skills. Yeah, I always lumped them into Five Man Acoustical Jam, sure, and Edison's Medicine, yeah. and all that love that song, stuff. yeah, and and that's why I put them and Cinderella together. You know, I put those two bands together in the same in the same category. I just you know. like you know having the conversation earlier today with Cinderella. Okay, maybe they evolved into like some kind of blues thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody at home, pull up the cover of Night Songs, sure, and tell me they're not a hair band, sure. Okay, guys, this is my last my last one. I don't know where they fit in, and I'm talking about Guns and Roses. No, they they were a game changer. They're the same to me. They're the same. Like they're in it, but they're the ones that grabbed everybody else. They put them over their shoulder, sure, and they pulled them out into the mainstream. Sure. The begin, they couldn't help to be around the beginning of of glam. You know, there's that Welcome to the Jungle video. Axel's hair is all the way up. Teased the sure, know. yeah, no, that was our first thing. You, you know? know, they were. Um, I, you know, they were there. They were on the Sunset Strip. They played the Roxy. They. Um, Nope, I'll tell you what, Lars Ulrich wasn't making fun of those guys when they were making fun of Motley Crue on the strip. No you know? way. But um No way. They were they're too much of fucking, They would kill them. They would have killed them. Absolutely. Anyway, guys, Wait, they were that was I got I got two for you. Okay. How about Jackal? Yes. You think Jackal's a hairband? Yes. What about you? I said Bruce. no, but just because I just lumped them into like early nineties kind of Yeah. I just like I just wanted to bring up the chainsaw like the rah, chainsaw. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. yeah. Any other bands, guys, you thinking about? I'm no, sure I think I got them. every one of them. Yeah. So yeah, guys, that. that was uh, metal or hair metal, either or. So you know, hopefully at home you guys are listening and have opinion on yourself about what it is. If you think Winger is a heavy metal band, then that's on you. That's on you. You're talking about a bunch the of guys who are talking about right, sixteen kid, years old. The kid from Beavis and Butthead had the Winger yeah. character on all the time. All right, so we've run through our top six. And we've kind of leveled the field on who's a hairband and who's not a hairband. So why don't we take a commercial break? We'll come back and let's talk about some of these really iconic bands, the the top tier with the really the guys that are dressed like I am tonight. You look awesome. Dude. And then we'll dive into some of their music and we'll play some of their tunes and we'll we'll bring it home. Yeah, nice. man. All right. Stick around. Out. This episode of the Prisoners of Rock and Roll is brought to you by McCusker's Tavern, located at 17th and Shunk Streets in South Philadelphia. McCusker's Tavern has been in business for more than 50 years, making it the oldest bar west of Broad Street and a city known for its neighborhood watering holes. Minutes from the sports stadium, McCusker's is a great place to stop in for a few beers before or after a game or a concert. 
There's a reason why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy have ranked it as one of the best dive bars in the city. Music is such an important part of McCusker's Tavern that we're actually recording this episode from there right now. They're currently closed due to the pandemic, but miss everyone and hope to see them soon. In the meantime, check them out on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. All right, so we're back from the commercial break. Thank you so much for sticking with us. So I think now in the second half of the show, we're going to dive into a couple of these bands. And of course, we're going to play some of the tunes. Oh, we're going to rock out. This is like, I've been looking forward to this part of the show all week. This is, we're really going to rock out. I got a lot of songs ready to be played. I hope you guys turn it up to 11. And I hope you guys have noticed that I have changed my outfit. I did. I was waiting for somebody to uh, actually... How can you, you not comment on it? I took I my pants kinda, off in front kinda, of you. It's kind of scaring me, man. Like it kind of reminded me of the, uh, you know, that the, glam rock, the leather jacket with the fringe. I wait for like, you, yeah, you, I'm waiting for him to cross, like fly across the bar. Yeah, look like John Bon Jovi. I am ready to rock. I have my my full leather fringe outfit. I have a lot of turquoise on. <laughs> I got Let's, some Aquanet left over. I probably need a little touch up. You could you could touch me touch me up. Oh, okay then. All right, let's do it. Let's dive into some of these bands. Who you want to talk about first? We are going to talk about Def Leppard first. Oh, amazing. great guitar! They're a great guitar band. They're such a great band. I'm going to talk about some songs. Pour some sugar on me. Photograph. Rock of Ages. Foolin'. Love bites. I get getting it. Animal. Let's get rocked. Hysteria. Rocket. Now that's pretty fucking rock and roll right there, dude. Pour Some Sugar on Me, to me, is one of the absolutely essential 80s hair band rock and roll songs. Dude, you go to any strip club, and that's the song that I'm spending all my money on. (laughs) See all the girls dance? But, like, you know, like, Hysteria sold 20 million copies. That's a lot for a hair band, as they say, you know, or glam rock band. In my opinion, they are the biggest band from that era. Let's talk about their beginning. They formed in 1977 in Sheffield, England. Sheffield was a factory town. Um, it's like, you know, you grew up what your daddy did, worked in the factory. Joe Elliott um, had a whole band in his head before there was a band, and uh, he found the right guys for it. Def Leppard, you know, you could say they were before the hair band thing. They were, they were like always had a, um, what can you say, a personality crisis. You never knew where they fit in. Sure. And even in 1992, they had a hit album, Adrenalized. Yeah. During the middle of Nirvana, yeah. here comes Def Leppard with a hit record. Yeah. Let's Get Rocked was on that. Yeah. yeah. That was a big song. They were, again, they were a huge band. Yeah. Dude, they're so big. They've sold 35.5 million albums in the United States. That's amazing. The are numbers they, are amazing. Are they hairband across the board? Or yes. are they are they something else? No, they, when they had their huge success, they had long hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. They always had long hair. They're like in the Guinness World Records for like playing like four continents in one day or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. that was really a big thing. Uh what I love yeah. about this band, okay, the guitars. Okay, so you had Phil Collins and Steve you had Steve Clark, who passed away back in 1991. Now, those guys complemented each other. Those guys were from two sides of the spectrum, and they created this great, great, huge sound. Yeah, Steve Clark had that Johnny Thunder sound. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, like that sloppy rock and yeah. roll. And then Phil Collins had this really technical, technical yeah. sound, and it fit so well together. 
We should play a Def Leppard song right now. Let's let's play some Armageddon. It. Yeah, man, that is a rocking song. You know, like even though I had them on my list, they were just something a little bit different than any other band at that time was giving. Okay, they had effects on Joe Elliott's voice. No, but yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And the drums for Rick Allen is that his name? Rick Allen. Yeah, he lost an arm. He's played drums with one arm. They, yeah, they call him like a genius. Um, he what? Dude, it's amazing what he did. You've always said that, but it's just like you know, they had a lot of like like. uh electronic things going on in that band so were they i don't think i've ever bought a Def leopard album because ryan always bought them. <laughs> i always had them he always had them I've, they're a great band but they always had like a little bit something um that i think they'd accomplish in the studio more than other bands and use it to her advantage well they had such a great producer mutt lang yeah and he was yeah. and he was a perfectionist yeah. he made them do Take after take after yeah. take after take, and so were they. Joe Elliott was also he's a perfectionist. Yeah, you know, you know those guys put thirteen albums out, and if you ever the, go see them, you get your money's worth. I will say that totally. We went and saw them with Journey and the Def Leppard down at the Wells Fargo Center, and it was awesome. One of the greatest rock and roll shows ever. Def Leppard came out, and they they were so good. They, they, number one, they got three part harmony. Yeah. And and they nail it, and yeah. they're so tight. Yeah, Rick Savage is a like bass player in a hair band. He's really good at what he does. I mean, you guys have said this about ACDC before, but like Def Leppard has written the same song for thirty years. You think so? I think and, they're, they're diverse. It's great. Yeah, it's, I think they're a little diverse. It's a great song, and they nailed it. But the you're right. The harmonies yeah. and the um the electronic drums. Every drum that they do, they feed through a, a synthesizer, mm-hmm. and they kick it back out to the recorder. And it just works, man. It's it's to me they're one of the most formulaic rock and roll bands of all time. Sure. I mean, what what Rick Allen overcame when he got in that Corvette accident back December thirty first, nineteen eighty four. He severed his arm, you know, and then right off the bat he was like, I'm still gonna play the drums. Yeah, he figured it out. He was but, laying in the hospital bed trying to what, figure it out. You know, you know what the most messed up thing about that for me was that he, he was in his Corvette, he didn't have his seatbelt. On. Yeah. He kind of had it like over the shoulder. You know, yeah. you yeah. know that move, right? Yeah. You're, like I'm yeah. going to down the store. You you throw it over. You don't hook it. Yeah. And he got in an accident and it ripped his arm off. Yeah. And he had a surgery and they reattached it. Yeah. And he had it reattached for a couple days. Yeah. And then it didn't work and got they had to. Yeah. He had it got infected and had to remove it. Ugh. So imagine losing your arm and then getting it back and you have the all the hope of that and then you lose it again. And I I had never heard that until I watched like behind the scenes or yeah, behind the music. Know, the yeah. But then what did he do? He said, "I'm going to play with one arm." Right. And 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 the guys got behind him. It took him another year to to really master his technique of playing the drums. A whole new way of playing the drums. You know, being a drummer myself. You know, doing double fills. You got you can't do that anymore. So you got to find a new way to play these musics. But then you hear songs like he did on Pour Some Sugar On Me. That's a banging beat. It's, like, it's simple. It's a simple beat. Yeah. You know, doom, doom, got, doom, doom. 
But everybody knows it, right? That's one of the most iconic, like the drum, like absolutely. The eighties, yeah. Like, the, the drum fill on that is just amazing. Yeah, that's I, great. I I had always heard that that was Mutt Lang playing those on the studio album. Oh wow! That they they put through a a, a synth that became that really electronic sound. That mm. I mean, their their drums. That's a that's that's not a natural drum sound. It's no, electronic no, that's an electronic sound, sound. right? Yeah, absolutely. But you know they. Rick Allen sound became this electric sound that fit perfectly for hysteria. Yeah. The the thing I always heard about him was he lost his arm in between this album and the one before. Sure. Yeah. And that he couldn't you know, the, the band never once said, You're out. They were like, Dude, no. if you think you to could work play, yeah. you could play and he kinda did his own thing and then he called all the band together and then he played the uh, the drum intro from when the levy breaks yeah. by Zeppelin mm-hmm. to the band. It was like, dude, check this out. I can do this. Yeah. And then they had already recorded these drum parts for this song. And then when they went on tour, he kind of was like, Hey, look. I'm I'm back. Yeah. I can I'm the it. thunder guy. Yeah, and he's never been like they're the band with the drummer with the one arm, but that's never been their like their bag. It didn't hold them back. It yeah, didn't, yeah, it didn't it hold never, them back. It never came like this cliche yeah. thing. Yeah, right. Like, and you, you know? think it would? Yeah, right. No, like they're like, too no. good. They're too good of a band and to like, be a gimmick. Yeah, and like as you said, like you know, they never said like I'm going to play drums. Are like okay because those guys are a family. They are a family. They. They're they're tight. They're I, they're they're not one without the other. You know. They said that they weren't going to throw Rick Allen out of the band. They were going to let him make the decision. And sure. when he said, "I'm going to put this electric drum set together," of course they're like, "You're crazy." But yeah. Joe Elliott was like, "He's going to do it." Yeah, yeah. They said he kind of like went into like his own studio and just practiced and practiced sure. and practiced. Yeah. I I do have a, a an encounter with Rick Allen. Oh, oh, that, really? That when I we were working at, at Blockbuster Music, we had tickets to go see Def Leppard, and I got backstage, and Rick Allen walked up to me one time. We're backstage hanging out with the band, and they're very, very nice guys. Rick Allen walked up to me, handed me a Bud Light, and said, could you open this for me? I left me other arm in the tour bus. And I was like... Holy shit, you made that joke before I could. Yeah. And I opened his beard. He was like, thank you. And he, yeah. he walked away. At least he has a sense of humor. Yeah, they are. I've also met them at one point, And Rick Allen's a really nice guy. And I, I said to him how his drumming really, really influenced me a lot. And he, he had like a little tongue-in-cheek kind of. Yeah. But they were all really nice guys. Like, they're, they're huge superstars. Yeah. And they were really down to earth. Uh, one song that uh, Def Leppard does, it's a cover. They do a cover of Rock On. I don't know if you ever heard it. And it's fantastic. It's so melodic. We saw they played it when we went to go see them. And I lean over to Ryan and I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's an old cover. Thank God they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They are. Yeah. And this is another situation where MTV is just huge sure. in their career. They totally helped them out. Like, Pour Some Sugar on Me was probably one of the biggest videos ever. And this is really a band that, that I mean, they had so many uh, adversaries. They had the, um, you know, uh, 
Rick Allen lost his arm. Steve Clark died. Steve Clark died, and then Joe Elliott had the mumps, and then <laughs> yeah, poor Joey had the mumps. Cursed. Yeah, there's this band is so cursed that John Bon Jovi will not get in a car with Joe Elliott. Yeah. Pour some sugar on me was like a last minute add on to that. It album. was a nothing. Yeah, it was like a just like a. We talked in the last episode about Dancing in the Dark by Springsteen. It was another like okay, I'll just write song. it write it in a second, yeah. and it becomes this enormous hit. Mutt Lang came into the studio and heard Joe Elliott saying he's like that's the best hook I've heard in years, and he was right. And man, it, it, that song will never die. No, All as right, long as there's whores out there. <laughs> the next band that we're going to talk about is David Coverdale and White Snake. Absolutely. So I was the only one that had David Coverdale and, and White Snake on their list. Not what, my favorite band. I got to be honest. David Coverdale is the greatest 80s singer of all time. He's awesome. He's that, the, oh, absolutely. Yeah. He is the best singer in any hair band in the history of Yeah, hair his bands. vocal range is unbelievable. He was the lead singer of Deep Purple. Yeah. He's I mean, got some chops. And I, I think that Here I Go Again is the greatest video ever hair band. <laughs> I judge hair band music by. So I own a 1980 Stingray Corvette, and I bought that for solely to drive really fast and to listen to hairband music. Here I go again. And when I bought it, I bought my, I made my wife a hairband CD because, and this was the first track on the song. And I was like, there is no better song, man. You are driving down the Jersey Shore, and you roll down the windows, and you're driving this 40-year-old car, and you just want to put up some music really loud, and you just want to go. This is the song. No, they're a great band. What's the song? Here I go again. Let's hear some of it. All right, hang on. He always had some great musicians backing him up. Yeah, uh, he had some good guys. He yeah. had Steve Vai backing him up, for God's sakes. If I give that band any credit, I know uh, you know, we'll disagree on this, but it's because of Steve Vai. You know? Yeah, that second, it was like the slip of the tongue album yeah. he did. Yeah. Back when that album came out, they did a video shoot at the Spectrum for one of the songs. Yeah. And Doug and I were at the recording of that. Are you on the hood of the car with Tony? <laughs> no, I wish. No, I was. I was the one. I thought I saw you. I was the one in the car breathing. Hard. If you were wearing the outfit I'm wearing right now, you might be. No. Yeah, he had two different bands. I had a friend, an English friend, and he said he had an English version of the band, and he had the American version of. Yeah, the band. really? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that too. And he kind of like he tooled around for a little while. The American, the English version didn't didn't work, and then mm. he kind of switched gears and decided he was going to make the American version of the band. David Geffen actually told him like, "Hey man, your song is your your sound is too British." It was like um, uh, John Mayall, too Eric Clapton, mm. too heavy yeah. bluesy. I get that. You yeah. got to go American rock and roll, and then he. You know, he told around that song, Fool for Your Lovin'. Yeah. He initially wrote for B.B. King. The song, Is It Love? He wrote for Tina Turner. But nobody gives a shit about that stuff, man. Everyone cares about Tony Catan yeah. on the hood of the car with that song I just played. Yeah. It, that was initially supposed to be Claudia Schiffer. Okay. 
And Claudia Schiffer was like the biggest model in the world mm-hmm. at that time. And she bailed out. And I guess David Coverdale was like walked in at the time with Tony Catan and the, the music director was like, she'll do. She's hot. <laughs> we don't think you know how to ride on top of a uh, car hood. They hired Paula Abdul to come in and be like, teach her how to oh, ride. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And Paula Abdul was like, she knows how to do everything she needs to do. Yeah, she does um, that cartwheel across the both of the cars. Yeah. And and maybe we talk about Tony Catan. She's a Tony woman. Katana, she's a woman real quick, because she's yeah. in the story a couple times with some yeah. of the other bands. She saw Frampton when she was fourteen, and somehow she got backstage. I don't want to know that story how, but she saw how Peter Frampton's girlfriend was being treated and said, "I want to do that. <laughs> I, I want that experience. I want to be a groupie." Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So, so she started dating, dating Robin Crosby from Rat. Then she married David Coverdale. Then she cheated on David Coverdale with OJ. Really? No. Which is glad that she didn't wind wow. up dead. Yeah. Then she married Chuck Finley from the Angels. And then she was divorced from Chuck Finley after yeah. she got arrested yeah. for kicking him That's in the right. face with some high heels yeah. on. Yep. She's a crazy person. So bat shit crazy. Yeah, yeah she's crazy. Like, yeah. But she's all But she looks great running. on those cars flipping <laughs> yeah, around, bro. Yeah. She's an icon though. She's an icon. She so. is. She was a big like thing on the Sunset Boulevard, she was just like a, a party groupie, hopper, yeah, you know. But God bless her; she was a big deal for my adolescence. Yeah, <laughs> all of us. But do you remember when David Coverdale had that album with uh, Jimmy Page? It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's two things about David Coverdale, and I'll skip all the other notes, page and a half. I know to have is one was he was always rumored to be the other singer of Van Halen before Gary Sharon. I can see that. Yeah, I read that. I read that. And then he, should have he, done it. he said that that was never true. And mm-hmm. if somebody in Van Halen's cape. There's Van camp, Halen brothers, though. They, yeah. uh, somebody yeah. in Van Halen's camp released that. Yeah. And the other thing was that the album he did with Jimmy Page was fucking great. It was. You're a fan. You're, a fan, you're both a fan of that yeah, album. Yeah, dude. It was just. I remember like, the song, but it was kind of yeah. like Gallows Pole. They were it was like, kind of like that sound. They were just like, they're trying to be Zeppelin. Yeah. yeah. Like, but, why don't but, they, yeah. But to me, that was Coverdale saying, like, dude, I can. I am not a hair band. I yeah. am, I am one of the greatest. Yeah, they, we, they're just really too sophisticated for me to really enjoy their music at that time at like twelve years old or whatever. Yeah, you know, it was never really my thing, but I give them mad props though. All right, we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on to my number one favorite band of all time. Yep. And it is Bon Jovi. Are they really your favorite number one band of all time? Of all time. Are they really? They're the soundtrack of our of our. You have to understand, Bruce. You know, growing up, uh, it wasn't easy, and you know the songs and albums really spoke to me. It gave me hope. It made me want to be a musician. They, you know, they made me want to play play drums, do anything, anything with music. I wanted to do when I discovered them at twelve years old. Same here. This is a point to play. This is a point why we. We don't share our list ahead of time because I'm yeah. like they weren't even on my list. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, okay, they're not even the number one best band from New Jersey. No, no. So, they are well, I'm glad very, we have this conversation. They are very important to yeah, us. I agree, with Ryan. They are probably one of my biggest influences in music. Really, you know, considering yeah. what they did, you know, considering that, like, you know, me and Ryan are all over the spectrum. But when we, it comes down to home, man. Bon Jovi is definitely like you know, we get a I'm, lot of I'm our taking my hair my wig off yeah. to listen to this. Yeah, you know, like we, yeah. we got a lot of shit through life. 
being yeah. Bon Jovi fans. You know, even to this day, I can't put something on Facebook about Bon Jovi. Yeah, you can't because all my all my real music friends think they know what they're talking about. Yeah, but then you tell them go well, go listen to this song. Go well, listen to that song. But, you know, so, so, now that we're gonna we're gonna talk about songs. It's like I'm going to give you 15 reasons why Bon Jovi is the greatest hair rock and roll band there is. Are you ready? I I am ready. Please educate and entertain me. Okay, get ready. Everybody at home, listen up. Living on a prayer. Want it dead or alive. You give love a bad name. Bad medicine. I'll be there for you. Run away. Lay your hands on me. Living in sin. Keep the faith. It's my life. Born to be my baby. Always. This ain't a love song. Never say goodbye. And my number 15 song is not going to come till later. Later in the show. And it's a super, super hit that you have to stick around to hear. But, dude, I just gave you 14 hit songs. They had 25 songs on the Billboard charts. Four of them went number one. They have sold three, four point five million albums. I have. They sold one hundred and thirty million albums. Maybe this is just America then. But like, even some of those songs, like you know, like "Homebound Train" off of New Jersey. If you have a question about you know why me and Ryan love this band, listen to that song. Go listen to "All Keep the Faith." I mean, like "Dry County," the guitar solo in "Dry County" will tear your face off. Now you know if you don't know about Bon Jovi, they. Formed in 1983 in Saraville, New Jersey. Now, Saraville is really pretty close to Bruce Springsteen land. You know, so John Bon Jovi would go out there and play gigs out there, and Springsteen would just show up. And Springsteen would be up on stage with him playing till three in the morning. John Bon Jovi would go to high school the next day and be like, Holy shit, I can't believe I was on stage with Bruce Springsteen. But everybody saw it in him. You know, everybody, everybody saw it. knew that John Bon Jovi was going to be a star. And you know what John Bon Jovi's first song that he recorded was that got published, Bruce? I do not. It was off this, the famous Star Wars Christmas episode. Merry oh, Christmas, yes, Chewbacca. Yes, yes, yes. He's one of the, the robots. He's like a, a like R2-D2 or some shit. The, no, John Bon Jovi wasn't R2-D2. He just sang the song. Yeah, uh, right, right. But it was, was like, like a, it was like Merry yeah. Christmas Chewbacca, but that's where he, he first Sorry, recorded it. Sorry, you're Dude, right. They performed more than 2,700 concerts in over 50 countries. He plays countries, not stadiums in countries, the whole fucking country. Sure. He played India in 1996. Who plays India? Yeah, they played Rio de Janeiro. I, was Omar yeah. there? I bet Omar's parents were there. But no, they do play countries. You can't take any away from that band. They're just Tico Torres. He made me want to play drums. Yes, David Bryan on piano. You know, he is he is John's right man hand. Right he's hand he's man. the gun. He's the gun on the side of his hip. And Richie Sambor is the other one. Yeah, but unfortunately, he lost that gun. One day, Sandboard will be back. I agree. Let's play some Bon Jovi, Bruce. Play some One It There Alive. I put one of my mottos in life. Cause 
dude, that's my motto. That's like how we were talking about Springsteen. We shut them up and we shut them down. That's my go-to thing, man. Dude, I've seen a million faces and I rock them all. How, how do you not like them? Yeah, like, how Bruce, do you not have them you on got your this list? outfit on, yeah, and you look like John Bon Jovi. They're not even on your top six list. Whoa, whoa, whoa! So, so yes, I'm. I have my my leather jacket on with my horse on the back, and I have the turquoise and the fringe. The hairband thing to me is a really small box. Agreed. The, and I don't put Bon Jovi in that box. I think they transcend that box. So it's not that they're not on my list. Is that I think they are bigger than all of that. They're one of the biggest bands in the world. I agree with you 100%. And I wasn't even originally going to have them on, on my list. And then Ryan's like, are you serious? Like, come on. This is me and you. Like, have yeah, you not this have- this is our story. This is our story. Yeah. Very well said. This well, is our story of our the, of the, us growing up. This bon was the soundtrack. albums of soundtrack of, of, our, of our youth growing up. And I we mean, still go to the beach, man. And we still put it on. And we still like, man, this is so good. Like, it's a family I, thing. Yeah. I like, mean, we'll listen to like the, the guitar solo in one of their live and we'll sit on the beach like man how good does this sound i uh, right or wrong i kind of define hair metal by like driving fast music yeah and to me like bad medicine is also a enormous like driving fast down the jersey shore song with the windows down so please please don't discount my they're not being on my list but now you now you know how serious we are about this shit you know, you yeah. better you better start listening. When I get bon ready Jovi. for my when I get ready for my third outfit change, yeah, 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 we're gonna start sending you songs like in the middle of the week, dude. Listen to this song, listen to that song, dude. A little bit more about Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi's network, his net worth is four hundred and ten million dollars. Like, so he owns that um that restaurant. Yeah, yeah. He, he owns a restaurant kind of down down his soul. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of down in his hometown. Yeah. yeah, where he lets people come in and say like, "You pay whatever you could afford." Yeah, and yeah. he's he's always in the back like washing dishes. He's and- a great humanitarian. During yeah. the COVID thing, you know, he was you know trying to give out the do what he does. You know, the um the like you know the meals and everything like that. And my da- and our dad saw him in a picture on the news. And this and that, blah, blah. There he's just washing dishes. Everybody's walking around him. He's just washing dishes. Cause you know why? Cause it needs to be done. I spent a couple of weekends working at like a homeless shelter in Camden and they were making a huge deal that he showed up. Sure. And was kind of like doing the same shit I was. Like yeah. he was like folding blankets and. Dude, that guy doesn't have to do shit for anybody. Yeah. And he's, he's not even from Philadelphia. And he's done more for Philadelphia than any entertainer there's ever was. Yeah. And it, it's, they put houses up, like like he gave from, kids yeah, habitat. Yeah, he humanity. gave kids yeah. all computer one year at one school. He gave them each a computer. He got them all backpacks. He got he's I don't know. Yeah. He's he's my hero. I like the people that I idolize to be good people. Sure, that's why I idolize Springsteen and Henry Rollins. Sure, and Bon Jovi's a really good dude. There's a lot of shit bags. Throughout, no. you know, the yeah. story that we've been telling for the last couple months. And John Bon Jovi is one of the good guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know what? They had a hell of a time getting a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They did. What a joke why, why that, that was. Why do you think that was? Politics? You, you know, you politics. know why. Yeah, I want to hear you say it. It's politics. They think they are just a hair band. Yeah. They don't see them as one of the biggest, hugest touring bands every single year. Like but you we're hear- the prisoners of rock and roll and we're saying they transcend it. Sure. So who the fuck is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to somebody, say somebody we're from the Rolling Pantheon Show Podcast Network? Somebody. Yes. 
they should put us on the panel for Absolutely. the rock and roll theme. We'll tell them all to go fuck themselves and put Motley Crue in. But that's the thing, like, right before we go to the next band, like, you know, you talk about the Hall of Fame. A lot of artists say that it's not important to them and this and that. But I think for John Bon Jovi, it was kind of like his point of his career. Yeah. And if you ever have a chance to listen to his speech, it's very heartfelt. It's very personable. It's very human. If you don't like him, you're choosing not to like him. If you're choosing not to like the band, you, that's fine because you, you don't get something that we get. We're going to move on to the sleaziest sleaze bags that there ever was in rock and roll. And we're talking about Motley Crue. Yeah. Now, so, if, we, if there's any – okay, we haven't had any ship bags of the week. So I've been looking at the – the, the list here in this that are they we give Tommy Lee the shit bag Tommy Lee's but he was a shit bag like yeah yeah he's always gonna be the shit bag <laughs> I, I would think if you have anything you want to hear about them you listen to our very very first, first episode. episode we did yeah on whether Motley Crue should or should not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and we all agree they should be we did let me name some songs from Motley Crue Kickstart My Heart Home Sweet Home Shout at the Devil don't Go Away Mad, Dr. Feel Good, Wild Side, Girls, 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 and Looks That Kill, Smoking in the Boys Room. Dude, right there, why are they not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? They, so, they have sold over 100 million albums. And uh, like Bruce said, like, you know, our first episode that we, uh, that we all did together was on Motley Crue. You know, uh, go listen. Go listen to that episode, and uh, if you're a new listener, us and let us know what you think, dude. The Dirt movie was great. Ah, uh, oh come on! I got so drunk when I watched that. Yeah, dude, yeah. you got you gotta yeah. you gotta watch it and remember how it was. Yeah, the Dirt was, it was great. fun. It was fun. The best thing about Motley Crue concerts was the drum solo. I thought it was the girls. The girls were. Oh yeah, absolutely. The titty cam that they have, they call it. I, no, they, they, they did have it, yeah. They do. They have yeah. something called the titty cam. Yeah. And they talk about the Me Too movement. Uh, I don't think so. These girls are just like, they must be strippers in the front row. Yeah. They, no, I think they plan them there. They plan them there. And we talked about that on our first episode about yeah. whether the Me Too movement is prohibiting them from getting in. I, I, you know. Who knows? And maybe yeah, they do think, have a point. I know? think Nikki Six said so much shit about the Rock and Roll of Fame. They're like, no way are you getting in. They don't even have anything of Motley Crue in the Hall of Fame. That's they, very true. There was no guitars. Yeah. Yeah. There was no nothing. But something interesting happened since our first episode to now. Uh, Nikki Six sold all his rights to all his music that he wrote for Motley Crue. He sold all. The, he sold all the rights away. Did, to, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Dude, that's a lot of songs. They didn't. Man. I know, and there was never a number exposed of what he got for it, but I'm sure it was very, very big. See, I so get only, ready for a Jeep commercial with Motley Crue in it. <laughs> and the only note, the only note that I have on Motley Crue, because I was like, we'll just go back to the thing we did episode one, was that I found an episode he did with Kerrang when he said the grunge didn't kill hair bands. Bands like Poison and Warrant killed themselves sure. by making the same copycat music over and over and over again. So he's Motley Crue always looked at himself. Dude, he's like, a smart guy. Yeah, like, and again, like the Venn diagram, like if we had Dangerous Toys is the Southern music yeah. in, the, in this music. This is the punk music. Absolutely. And the 80s music, the hair band. Why don't you together. play some of Motley Crue right now? What do you want to hear? Let's hear Wild Side.
Dude, you don't get more sex, drugs, and rock and roll than Motley Crue. They coined that phrase. Oh, they invented it almost. They are the sleaziest rock band there is. Again, I'm going to ask you this question again. More than Guns N' Roses. They invented it, that whole sleaze rock. Yeah. You know, like I said in our, in our Motley episode, when Motley went glam, everybody went glam. When Motley took off the makeup, Everybody start taking the makeup off. When Motley start wearing the leather jackets, riding motorcycles, everybody start taking the, doing the same thing. Yeah. They're trendsetters. Nikki Six, he's he's one of my other favorite guys in rock and roll. He tells it how it is, and if you don't like him, you know he's like, go fuck yourself. I don't care. Yeah, I think anybody who wants to hear the ins and outs of whether Motley Crue should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Should listen to our first episode. Absolutely, we, definitely. We, we dropped about two hours on, <laughs> yeah. on, on whether or not they they belong in it, and okay. we all agreed that they do. Okay, so uh, we could definitely move on if you you know, like Bruce said, go check out our very first episode about Motley Crue being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So what's uh, the next one? Okay, the next band is a true glam rock hair band. And we're talking about poison. I they, love that we just brushed aside Motley Crue to talk. About well, we had the episode on them. You know what I mean? So I, I yeah, know. I, you I know, was waiting for that moment in my life. Yeah, you know, like yeah, with the, the Motley Crue thing. Me and like I was like, well, Motley Crue's not a hair band. Ryan's like, yes, they are because of this, this, that, that, that. I'm like, okay, they are. The hell they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but poison, like I said earlier, when somebody says about hair bands, they're the band I think of automatically number one. They were my number one. Yeah. On the hairband list. They're my number two. They're a little bit lower on my list, but they're number one in my heart also. Yeah, they were, like I said, they were the first album I bought uh, with my own money. We went and saw them on the Flesh and Blood tour. We did. And uh, Warren opened up for them. The excess, man, the, the party sound. They were the whole shebang. Those guys worked really hard to get where they're And actually, matter of fact, Slash was in Poison for for He auditioned. For, yeah. No, he was in the band for a second. He's like, uh, this he is He says he doesn't remember. <laughs> no, He's like, oh, I, I don't, don't remember. I don't doubt that. I don't, I don't remember. Doubt, I don't doubt that. But, you know, let's talk about Poison's beginning. In 1983, they are from, let me see if I can pronounce this, Meccan... Sensingburg, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Mechanicsburg. Mechanicsburg. Pennsylvania. Have you been there, Bruce? I have. Yeah. Uh, really? Where do you think I bought this jacket that I'm wearing right now? <laughs> the Bre- the Who the hell Michael- else is going to sell a jacket Bre- like this? The Brett Michaels Museum. <laughs> no, but to have this, these guys from Pennsylvania, from the middle of nowhere, and to have enough balls to go out in LA and- Yeah, it's like, it's near Harrisburg. But those guys really worked hard to get where they were at. They had a lot of support from their family. They were like- well, you know, we're going to go out to California. It's very scary for them. They said they, they only had like three hundred dollars between yeah, them, and everybody, like their whole families, backed them. Like, yeah, you definitely should do yeah. this. And their fan base was here. Like, their whole fan base was in Pennsylvania or wherever they're from. I think they were called Paris. That sounds that sounds familiar. They yeah. were, yeah, yeah. 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 I they think they were called it, Paris. They changed the name because there was like, some other band that yeah. had it. The, the three guys from Pennsylvania was Ricky Rocket, Bobby Daw, and Brett Michaels. And they met CC the Ville in Hollywood. Yeah. But Bobby Dahl's super cool, though. He's a super cool dude. Like, I saw some interviews with him, and he's just a straight shooter. Yeah. You I know? mean, Poison's always has, like, this glam rock thing, but you don't want to fuck with them. Like, they're definitely, like, like we'll fight you if it comes down to it. Sure. Um, their their I, music, to me, it's, it, it, it's always been just the over-the-top. 
dude, can you play one of their songs for me? It's on there. It's look what the cat dragged in. Now tell me this is not a punk song. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Turn it up. Man, what a great album! Man, that I just was. had like flashbacks. Like but, I haven't heard that song in a very that, long that's time. That's a punk song. That's not a hair band. Yeah. I think it's a punk song. I think it's you know if if Brett Michaels toughed up a little bit more on it, I think it's a punk rock song. I always say that. I have conversations at the bar about Poison being a tougher band than they should have been. I mean, they they could have been a, a, a more tough band. Yeah, but they 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 were. Pers- I guess there's they weren't persuaded because you know. They were trying to find as much makeup as they possibly could. They Can I talk some, some of their songs? Sure. Yeah, please. All right. Talk dirty to me. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Every Rose Has Its Thorn was a huge song. Oh, my God. For the power ballad, that and Something to Believe in were one of the two like essential. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't nothing but a good time. One of my favorite is Ride the Wind. Dude, in the U.S. alone, Poison sold more than 15 million albums. They're a big fan. Do you remember when Open Up and Say Ah got censored? Yeah, they had two different album covers. Yeah, they had, they had two covers of it. Yeah, yeah. they had this, this monster-looking thing with this huge Gene Simmons tongue, and Tipper Gore was like, no, 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 can't well, have that. We're going to bring that up in the next episode. Ooh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we're going to talk about uh, Tipper Gore soon. I. VH1 called Poison the number one hair band of the 80s. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, but besides the hair band, like the song Something to Believe in, that song got me through a lot of hard times when that's, when that song was like brand new. And yeah, like, yeah. You know, every, you know, every once in a while it still surfaces. Their rock songs were about having fun. Unskinny Bop is about. Picking up a fat girl after the state. I mean, uh, there's after no, show, there's, yeah. there's no, there's no other way to, around it. Like I didn't yeah, write the no, goddamn song, but they write, so don't cancel me. They yeah, write, but it's like they write songs like that, but then they write a song like uh, "Life Goes On." That's a right. great song. Right. That's that's actually my. If I had to say one of my favorite Poison songs, that's definitely you on. Know, right. They, they, they had this weird like balance where they were like socially responsible and they were yeah. really about like the truth, like. In my notes, I saw something that, like Dick Cheney wrote them um, during the first Gulf War. They sent like yeah. two hundred thousand copies of their Flesh and Blood album to the troops during the first Gulf War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like they are right. Yeah, and, and and now you you can't say this, but you can be socially responsible and down with rock and roll. And and still have a good time. Yeah, yeah. You Brett know, like Michaels. you can't say that shit now because they'll come and get you. No, yeah, Brett Michaels um, and the rest of the guys in Poison, they do a lot of the USO stuff. Yeah, and they they're about they're all about the troops. Yeah, they always thank the troops in the middle of their shows. Yeah, um, they're, it, I yeah, love Poison yeah. guys. I, it's a, it's a I, it's know. a complicated relationship now in twenty twenty one. I don't but, know. I think people are still like digging Poison. But like even like like dude, Ricky Rocket was on Animal Planet, dude. He's a big animal activist. 
you go to a poison show, you know you're gonna get yeah. a good time. All right, we're gonna keep on moving. We're one of the most glamiest glam bands. Warrant was was made in 1984 in Hollywood. Their success was from 88 to 96. They sold they sold over 10 million albums. I, you're I really you're like absolutely right when you said they were made. Yeah, to they, me, were they, made. They, were they were made. They were a production. They were made. Oh yeah, but you know they still had great songs. Heaven was number one in Rolling Stone magazine and number two on the Billboard charts. They recorded the demo for Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich at Prince's studio, Paisley Park. Really? Yes. I didn't yeah, know they, that. They demoed How'd for- that happen? Man, that's great. Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich made it to top 10. That's a great album. Billboard. Yeah. It's a great album. That's better than the Cherry Pie album. Yeah. You know, I'm going to read some songs here, and I didn't even put Cherry Pie on-, on Yeah, we'll on talk it. about that. Okay. Let's name some Warrant songs here. Down Boys, Heaven- Sometimes She Cries, Big Talking, Uncle Tom's Cabin, Blind Faith, and I Saw Red. You missed 32 pennies. And 32 pennies, and I'm just trying to name yeah, yeah. some of the no. hits so, here. Yeah. The- Bruce, can you play uh, Warrant over there? We got the Down Boys on. Yeah. And one thing about this band, I, I, they get thrown in the the heap of just over the top hair bands, but they had some talent, like in storytelling. And the song "Uncle Tom's Cabin," great song, that, right? Like that, but they like they told a story in a song, right? That, oh. that other bands weren't doing at this no, time. Janie Lane was a great songwriter. And even when we were kids, this song was always Ryan's song. When we were kids, and he the the thing you just said, the storytelling. I remember Ryan saying that when we were 14 I years was, old. You know, I always tried to write songs as a kid, you know, and I got to it in my adult life. Um, my whole thing is I want to tell a story during the middle of a song. Uncle Tom's Cabin was a great inspiration to me. Do you remember this video? Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like the guys in the, just the boat. And the, yeah. the, the, like, did you just watch it? I yeah. did. I just watched that it. That doesn't surprise me. That's great. I wore it as I was putting on my... My my denim underwear. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, real rock stars, glam bands don't wear underwear, Dude. man. Dude, this this album is like you know the girls on the cover with the with you know she's wearing the roller skates and her legs are apart, the cherry pie, and then this song just kind of comes over the top and it's telling the story about like a murder in the bayou in Louisiana, yeah. and we're like, whoa, what is this? And it really was like a second level kind great of song, song for that. Yeah, Janie Lane, man, he was a great singer. Cherry Pie reached number seven on the album charts. Do you know how they came up with the Cherry Pie song? Hey, how? Okay, so they had the album coming out. So the record company came to them and they said they want a rock anthem song like Loving an Elevator. So Jane Lane wrote the song literally on the back of a pizza box. And he was really shame. And Jane Lane, he had a really horrible t- like he was end of haunted. his life. On it because he was known as the cherry pie well, guy. He thought he was, dude. I never thought that. Fuck cherry pie. I didn't even know it in it's my a, song it's, list. Yeah. It's like that, and we were the guys who wear the white leather. 
You know what I mean? From the heaven video. Yeah. But dude, I, I, you know, it's, it's a real shame because I never thought for a second that he was the cherry pie guy, but he has so much more going for him. But well, you know, you know, Bruce was saying, you know, they had this whole other thing going for them. And I said, did you ever heard the third album, Dog Eat Dog? Yeah. Machine- that album is awesome. Was that one? Some machine gun? Was that on that yeah, album? Yeah, machine gun. gun. Hole yeah. in the I mean, wall. I got the computer in front of me playing all the songs. And Uncle Tom's Cabin is in between cherry pie, which is... 80s excess, you know, like yeah. up there with poison on skinny bop. Like yeah, anything. no, it is the same time. Yeah. And then it's between that and I Saw Red, which is ultimate power ballad. I hate song. that song. <laughs> we went to go see uh when we saw Poison and Warren opened up for them. So I had two t shirts. I, I was gonna buy I only had money for one t shirt. Was it gonna be the warrant t shirt or the or the poison shirt? I went with the Warren shirt. I bought the Poison shirt. Yeah. Because I liked that band so much. And matter of fact, Warren, I had them higher on my list. I think I had them at number five and I had like I had to move them down because I did so enjoy their music so much. I, I have a couple of notes, like just miscellaneous like dustbin kind of notes is uh the rumor is that the rhythm guitarist and the lead guitarist, Eric Turner and Joey, Joey. Allen, mm. don't play a single note on that album. Really? So if you look at the liner notes for Cherry Pie, it says that Eric Turner plays the G string and Joey Allen plays bong riffs because they said they were so messed up that they had studio musicians. Wow. Um, really? That's a bummer. Yeah. So the, oh, the, sucks. the video, like videos are huge in this. We talked sure, about Tony yeah. Catan. Uh, Bobby Brown, the, the yeah, 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 yeah. Jane Lane, Jane, Jane Lane yeah. winds up marrying her. Oh, Cherry Pie was also considered Warren's version of Pour Some Sugar on Me. So their record label was like, you yeah. need you need your own version of Pour Some Sugar on yeah. Me. So Cherry Pie. Yeah. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Me. That makes more sense. And, yeah. and, and uh, again, when the guys from Eric Turner and Joey Allen are so messed up, if you listen to the song, Cherry Pie, there's a point where Jerry, Janie Lane says, train professionals. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. because oh, that's really? C.C. DeVille. That's C.C. DeVille playing. Oh, he, really? He I'm going to go home and read about yes. it. He is the trained professional. So C.C. DeVille played the guitar solo So he's the, he's the, they said there's other two guys didn't play a single note that on the is... album because they were so messed up with drugs. So let me get this straight. So C.C. DeVille played guitar on that whole album or just that song? I think it's just that song. So when you boy, listen oh to it. So the curse and then they and, fucking throw Janie Lane out of the band. So when it goes like swinging to the left, and, and he goes yeah, yeah. like swinging professional. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, no, yeah. That's because he's going CC DeVille is the guy. Are the guys from Warrant the Shitbags of the Week? No. Really? For, they didn't kill anybody. I think Vince yeah, well, Neal's killed. So, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, listen, they just like, they didn't play any shit on their album. If anything, and they threw Janie Lane out of the band because. I don't know. I don't know either. I've never heard this that. A, I've that never heard that either. The sad story of Janie Lane is yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he died in 2011 from yeah. alcohol poisoning. It was kind of sad. He, he was uh, on a sad He was dude. on one of those shows, those uh, celebrity rehab shows. Yeah, like he, and like you see him and he, he's missing and he's in a bar somewhere. And like, some, I forget who it was. Somebody was trying to get him out of the bar. And he's just like drinking this drink like as fast as he can to slug it down his throat before. He, like, he, it's so he, bad. He, he, he kind of wanted to break out of. He couldn't the, handle being a regular person. He wanted yeah. to be a rock star yeah. all the time. And he was, thought he, he was just a cherry pie guy. He's just a tortured soul. That sucks. And he died alone in a motel room. That drunk. sucks. That sucks. And he and he was loved more than he thought he was. There's so many. If he only could have got his shit together and get. With the other guys from Warren and go on, they could at least make a living. 
And the right. guys and just he, went on to do whatever they wanted to do. Right. And, and you die in a hotel by And himself. you saw it with like I uh Uncle Tom's cabin. Like there was a glimmer of like, dude, you could you could take it to the next level. You know, like you could you yeah. could write these higher level songs. Listen to Dog Eat Dog, dude. That album's yeah, killer. And the album after that, right? Is that the album after that? They they it, went grunge? After, after Cherry Pie, it was Dog Eat Dog. And it wasn't really grunge, it was just rock. Yeah. It was, and unfortunately, the world changed by the time it got to there, or it was changing, and yeah, they just couldn't keep up. Yeah, it was just like Brett Michaels said, like, "Oh, we're all have a job," you know. But uh, I really like that band, and uh, I that miss really them. Sucked. That, yeah, I, I miss them. That really sucks to hear all that about yeah. Janie. Yeah, at the end, that blows. Okay, that the next band is Doug's band, Twisted Sister. All right, Twisted Sister. The reason why they are my number six is because. They are one of the hardest working bands ever in rock and roll before they were even signed. They played 8,000 shows before they were even signed. They would average out a night from $7,000 to $10,000 a night just on their own. They did all their own merchandising. They would sell out instantly. They're following, what do they, they call right? The crazy fans of the crazy motherfucking fans, fans of, of Twisted, Twisted Sister. Sister. And, like, after I saw the documentary, We Are Twisted Sister, you can find it on Netflix. It was released in 2016. I think we're all fans of it. You just, like, these guys just worked their balls off. They did. I've never seen such a hardworking band. I never knew they had such a hard time making it to the point where they did on MTV. Where it's almost comical. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's comical yeah, after a while. They, but they made so much money. Like, you know, you ask why. Okay, well, you, you don't want to just like gig out in new jersey new york city and long island you know play that that no they want to play play. the world no and i get it you brought up something earlier in the week when we were all talking about this episode like that band manahor wanted to challenge twisted sister to a fight i think that d snyder would just kill them all because he's like he he's he's a guy that you wouldn't really mess with I just thought that was fun. I just wanted to bring that. Yeah, these Snyder's like six ten. Yeah, dude, it, <laughs> yeah. it's all hair. <laughs> like you know. Yeah, the the ultimate Norse hair band man of war. They gave an interview and they said that Twisted Sister was a bunch of sissies in makeup or something. Yeah, don't say and that. The guys in Twisted Sister were like, "Yo, we'll be at this place exactly. at this time. Meet us in the backyard." And we'll fight you. Well, that's what happened in Donington. They played Don. Is that Don? They played out in Donington. Yeah, they played in Donington, and people are this and that. Look, and they stopped the show. And D. Snyder was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" They listen. If you guys want to fight, I'll fight you. They're all throwing things. I'll fight you. Just meet me on the side of stage. Yeah, and and th- like nobody. They didn't, they were in England, so they weren't really known. They kind of won over the audience. They won over the audience, and, and so, then like the audience came over, and said, "Well, we'll fucking fight everybody <laughs> yeah, with we're you." We're with you. So like, there's songs like "We're Not Going to Take It," "I Want to Rock," "Burn in Hell," "You Can't Stop Rock and Roll." Is a great rock and roll anthem song he also became like the voice of rock and roll and like social ju- I, I hate the term social justice yeah, no, I, I he was, but yes. he went before like congress and yeah he was yeah. like he was fighting tipper gore and all that other kind of stuff he's a smart guy he's, he's a really smart guy. intelligent, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, really he's intelligent. A, right he's not as smart as us but he, no, no, no. he's really yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like another thing like what i love about twist's sister you know we had the conversation about you know hair glam hair band glam and everything like that so Twisted Sister was like kind of at the end of that glam era of the 70s with disco and everything like that. So like these disco techs were going out of business. 
So they would like th- like Twisted Sister had this thing like disco sucks and everything about it sucks and we're Twisted fucking sister and blah 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 blah. So they would hire Twisted Sister to come in the, like for this is the last night, and their fans would literally tear out the urinals out of the, the toilets, <laughs> you know, like tear everything out of the bathroom. So they had a huge army behind them. Yeah, Twisted so they- Sister, they just had this huge gimmick. You know, every th- every night they were doing something different. They're like the drunkest guy in the crowd contest. Yeah. They, they're like, oh, you we'll know? probably get locked up today if we did um, anything like that. Is the hairband thing is kind of moving out? They were clinging to it and they were I, like I doing I don't, their I think, I, they, I think that they were, I don't want to use the, the word pioneer for hairband, but they definitely were the start of it when MTV would start kicking definitely. out. They were definitely that, they, they had that, uh, they put out that carpet. They but paid it, but the it path. it sounds like- as pop culture is like this, you know, bubble that kind of mm-hmm. moves forward, mm-hmm. that it moved past them, and then their fans were like, "Fuck it, we're taking everything we can. We're still here." That that sounds very punk rock to me. They, too. they are, and we could talk about Motley Crue and this and that and blah blah. I think personally that Motley Crue's attitude they stole from Swiss's sister. They wanted the fan base type. That Twisted Sister. Had. So they're like punk rock, glam, glam, and hair metal, dude. And they're they're, and they're they're and a metal band. They're a heavy band, and a lot of people might say like, "Well, Twisted Sister's not really a hair band." Well, they're so heavy. Why don't you play a song from them? Wish we could play the video of this. Yeah. I wanna rock. Dude, I love the videos. They had Niedermeyer. Yeah. Videos. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I watched what do you like, want to do with your life? Spit coming out of his mouth. Like, is that a twisted sister Mr. pin on your uniform? Tell me, Mr. Sister. Mr. Sister. <laughs> it's just a great band, man. But that's, and that song, man, that is. That's the punk rock stuff that we talked about a couple episodes yeah. ago, like yeah. just spilling into it, yeah. like that attitude, like that that f you, we're gonna yeah. do what yeah. I want, dude. And their Christmas thing is amazing. amazing. It's yeah. a racing. Like, uh, Ryan came over Christmas Eve early before my dad got here, and so we're watching this twisted sister Christmas thing. My Absolutely. dad walks in. It's like, what are you guys watching? No, we talked about the twisted sister of Christmas on yeah. our Christmas episode. Yeah. It was great. They're just a great band. Yeah. Who else we got? I think they paved the way. All right, we're going to keep on moving here. The next band that we're going to talk about is a local band called Cinderella. In 1982, they formed in Philadelphia Upper Darby. John Bon Jovi saw them at the Empire Club, got them a deal with Polygram Records. But recently, Tom Kiefer came out and said Gene Simmons 
yes. discovered them. Really? Yes. And sold them at the Empire. Yeah. Wow. Gene Simmons yeah. sold them first, tried to get them a deal and couldn't. And then it spilled the bond over you. I mean, some people were saying, no, Cinderella's not a hair band. Dude, look at that first album cover, Night Songs. It is a hair band glam. Yeah, I guess everything. so. Yeah, my, I my, guess so. I, my notes on that say, awesome album cover, dress like me, pink smoke, <laughs> huge hair, zebra print clothes. Dude, well, they're, they're a hair band. I don't want to hear anything more about they're, it. They're local, so we all clearly went to the same place to get the outfit that I'm wearing for this episode. Why don't you play one of their songs, Bruce? All right. I got Somebody Saves Me. Yeah. read into them because i didn't know a lot about him the more i kind of felt bad about him but by 1990 they kind of had more of they were they always had a kind of a bluesy kind of sound you heard totally. a little bit absolutely in that. yeah yeah and his voice kind of over overshadows it and the fact that her name is cinderella and the hair and all that you know they all just that got other, caught up in that they just got wrapped up in all that shit the LA Times in 1990 actually compared them to the Rolling Stones, which is huh. like, dude, what the f- what uh, the hell? Uh, I, I like that. I love that band, and they I said, don't think they're a hair band, but no, I would consider them like yeah, anything no, close to the Rolling Stones. Absolutely not. So and I the, love this band. The the LA Times said the Stones raw cranking classic period. Nobody comes close than Cinderella, but it's also at the same time. This is 1990 where hair metal is starting to fall apart. Dude, let me read some songs from Cinderella. If you don't think Cinderella is a hair band, then I guess you never heard Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. Um, Nobody's Fool. That's a great song. Gypsy Road. That's a great song. Shake Me. Great song. Coming Home. Great song. Heartbreak Station. You're always a fan of that song. Night Songs. Like, dude, yeah. Cinderella, they were great. They were at that Moscow Music Peace Festival that they we were, were talking I, about. I forgot they were there, even though we yeah, were earlier. Yeah, it was them. They're a great band, It dude. was Bon Jovi, Cinderella, Skid Row, Ozzy Osbourne, The Scorpions, um, Gorky Park. Gorky Park. That's another dude, band we should have brought up. Dude, I mean, Cinderella was right in the middle of the hair yeah. band. Maybe they yeah. outgrew. They were such a better band than a lot of They were a better bands. band than a lot of the bands. I was watching them on... YouTube today, and they actually did Brown Sugar, and it, was, <laughs> really? and it was killer. It was absolutely killer. They were a victim of the stupid band name. Yeah, I don't. You know, and okay. It's, no, I they, they, yeah. yeah, that band name really held them down. It just got it just got sucked into all that that shit in the nineties. I mean, Ryan, you and I worked at Sam Goody in the music store in the Cherry Hill Mall yeah. in the mid nineties. Tom Kiefer either owned, managed, or hung out. In a comic book store that was upstairs from the Sam Goody yeah. at Cherry Hill Mall, because he was in there all the time. No, I and met that, him. I met he, him myself. And he came in there, and son of a bitch, 
he would sort through the Cinderella albums all the what, time really? and make sure. Yes, he would come in and make sure they were in the front of the rack, and we were like, I would do. Guy, the, I would do the same thing. We're like, that guy's got majestic hair, and at some point, we're like. <laughs> That's fucking Tom Kiefer yeah. from Cinderella. Dude, when I met him, he was really, really nice to me. And he had a really, they had a really bad rap, man. So they were kind of doing their bag. And then they had those couple albums, like Night Songs and Long Cold Winter. And I, I mean, That's a good I, album. Long Cold Winter was yeah. a good album. And I, I don't want to bore everybody that might Heartbreak show. Station was uh, a great yeah, album. Yeah, you Cinderella. always like that album, yeah. But he had something with his voice. Yeah, he, he had, had, he had like, that raspy. Yeah. He had paralysis in his voice. Yeah. And I was like, dude, imagine being like a rock and roll singer in the hairband era. And then half of your vocal cords, you like they stop working for paralysis. I never really watched the show too much. What was that show on VH1? The uh, the hairband show? Was that what yeah. it was called? So the one episode I saw was his after his surgery, like a year after his surgery. Yeah. And I really felt for the guy, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I always wrote them off. And I was like, and I started reading about this. I'm like, dude, so he had like he had that. He had surgery. Then he uh, he was suffering depression because he's like yeah, rock dude. Sing. Yeah, and he can't sing. Then his mom passed away of cancer, and then uh, he they finally come out with another album. So after Heartbreak Station, it took him four years to make another album because of his medical problems. Still climbing. I, and, and, and then, I bought that. I bought that at the Blockbuster Music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still climbing. Yeah, and that's a good album. Yeah. By '94, man, it's it's over. Yeah, yeah. right. Hair band yeah. is done. Yeah. yeah. So the band they, they flopped. The record label dumps drops them. them. And it's like, dude, it's it's kind of a. Could they have hung on? Who the who the well, hell knows? You know, I think they could. Tom Kiefer has a really great solo career going for him yeah. now. But you know, it's like it's really funny. You know, like uh, Cinderella, they're from the Northeast, Philadelphia. So um, another local band, like the Hailstorm band. So uh, Lizzie Hale, she's a big fan of Cinderella. So her and Tom Kiefer became really good friends. So um, going back to the Night Songs uh, album cover. She Tom Kiefer gave her a pin that he wore on the cover, and gave to her to wear wear yeah. on on her album. Uh, the album's called Into the Wildlife, and um, I just like that connection. And she even sang like um, Nobody's Fool. Yeah, they covered. They that. covered yeah. together. I heard it on the radio a couple yeah, times. It was fun. You know, it was fun. And, and I was he just was happy on that it. Tom. Yeah, I was happy that Tom was back. Yeah, he out was there. on it. And matter of fact, they were doing. They did like a final show, a couple of things, a couple of years ago, down in AC. And I had to work. I had to work here that night, you know. And I much rather go on that show because I don't. I don't. We saw Cinderella open up for David Lee Roth. Yeah, right? with Extreme. Yeah, and they yeah. blew David Lee Roth, Roth off, off the stage. stage. And matter of fact, Anne was in the front row for that. That was awesome. But uh, you know, we got to keep on moving here. Yeah, well, we have one left. Well, I guess the last thing on Tom Keeper too. I heard that every day he does exercises. They said that for his voice mm-hmm. that lasts longer than a show that he would do. So uh, he spends over an hour and a half. I'm like, you think about, this is a guy that's been largely out of, you know, mainstream rock and roll for 25 years. And he's spending over an hour and a half every day. God, just trying to keep his voice his going. His range is unbelievable. Yeah. Somebody save me! But at the same time, like, I would, like, in my mind, I think Tom Kiefer is, like, one of those, like, spring scene guys. Like, he would just show up in a bar somewhere right. and just start playing so, so uh tom if you ever want to come down to mccuskers and uh jam with me and ryan just get in touch with us and we'll make it's it happen just, just a, a semi-local dude is like a hard-working rock and roll guy 
they just yeah. shit went You're sideways great. for yeah. him, right? He's awesome. Just- I'm glad that he's out there now making music. Yeah. I just saw him give an interview. He seems like he's healthy. He seems like he's happy. I hope this COVID shit goes away. Maybe we can go check him out. Yeah, he said he yeah. was kind of keeping his illness at bay. I think he did some stuff with um. We'll cut this out. Orianthi, you guys know her? No, I. She's like a really young, like um, I know his wife's in his band, and she sings also. Yeah, with him. Orianthi yeah. is like a really young. Uh, Good. She, she was yeah. like the next. Um, she was supposed to be on some Michael Jackson crap when he passed away. She's super fucking talented. Do you like her? She's a guitar player. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. That's what she said. Yeah 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 yeah. Sam Boy's girlfriend. She's crazy talented. She's nuts. Yeah yeah. Fucking right on, man. Yeah. I I never liked Cinderella. I kind of like oh ha ha ha. And I'm like oh it's kind of sad. And like he's still clinging to trying to make us all right whatever. No, but Cinderella no, no. was a great dude, band. But he's I a really... musician, dude. He just wants to keep on doing right, it. He just wants you know? to keep doing this. Like, That's what he does. He used to come in the same goodie, and we used to fucking laugh at because he would be wearing a duster. Yeah, and he'd be like, "That's the guy from Cinderella." And he's like, moving no his stuff to the front of the rack. Ha, ha, ha. I would, like, I would yeah, too. Yeah, he's just some guy. He's probably making $60,000 a year or whatever the fuck. You know. I would too, dude. I would whatever. too. Whatever. I would I, too. I, I, that was a reflective moment of me being a shitbag. No so. way. I'm the shitbag of the week. I made fun of him. Nah. Yeah, with that outfit on you. Pretty, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to take pictures of this. Who All else right. we got? We, we got just... one more band we're going to talk about. And the band is Slaughter. I had Slaughter on my list. I was the only one. And one of the reasons I had them on is the the lead singer in the hairband era is a really big deal. Right? Yes, he is. And the fact that the lead singer of Slaughter's name is Mark Slaughter. Yeah. And that's his actual name. Yeah. Was a big deal. Well, Mark yeah. Slaughter got his start with this guy named Vinnie Vincent. Yes. And he was a guitar player. Who replaced Ace Frehley and Kiss? Yeah, so yeah. Vinnie Vincent had this this huge personality, and rightfully so. He was a great guitar player. He's still a great guitar player. And um, Vinnie Vincent decided that Vinnie Vincent Invasion was not going to make another album. So Mark Slaughter was still under contract. Am I right about this so far? Yeah. yeah. So he was under contract with uh, the record label. And that's when he formed Slaughter. Chrysalis Records told all the guys in the Vinnie Vincent band that if any of you leave, mm. we have the right of first refusal. And they got they had pretty good amount of money yeah. invested in that band. Yeah. So if you break up and do your own thing, we get the rights to sign you. Yes. So, so they had to finish out the contract. So I think he was with the bass player, Dana Strom. Strom. And I guess they all got fed up with each other. And at some point, Mark Slaughter goes like, I'm out. And him and Dana Strom walk off the stage off a Vinnie Vincent concert. And they're like, During a show? Like Good right after. for them. It's like, oh. we're out. We're done. And Chrysalis Records goes, well, we've had enough of Vinnie Vincent's bullshit. So they just pulled the same contract from him and just gave it wow. to him. Wow. And it worked and out it, for them. And it slaughtered That first off. album is great. Yeah. And you know what's really funny with that? Meaning like Vinnie Vincent came from Kiss. We met Mark Slaughter. We met all slaughter. All yeah, sla- you, met, yeah, you yeah, guys we, mentioned yeah, this. Yeah, we're doing we met all notes. slaughter opening up for Kiss on their Hot in the Shades tour, and we met Gene Simmons. There's a few slaughter songs I want to mention. Um, if you guys remember, "Up All Night," great it's song. a great song. "Fly to the Angels," I believe it's Bruce's favorite Fly song to of the all Angels time. Is my favorite '80s power ballad ever, and they're the only reason this is on my list. And they had another song that wasn't pretty popular. It was called Spend My Life. I really like yeah. that yeah, song. Yeah, I remember that song. Uh, one song I liked about from them, Mad About You. That was a great That's song. That's a great yeah. song. 
They had a song on Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yes, too. they did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We got Slaughter on there. Why don't you play something? All right, play a little Fly to the Angels. I tried to convince myself that the pain, the pain is still not gone. Still I try. Dude, they were a great band. They're a great band. We're we big, were really in it. When yeah. We were kids. We met them, and they were so nice to us. And, you know, they just became a fan right away. That's awesome, man. So I, I think that's, that's it. That's all of our bands, that's guys. That's band. So That'd be rocking out here. We could have played a lot more songs, but, you know, we'd be in here all night. Yeah, I know. I, I had a great time with this. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, it was but great. We got some honorary list here right here i want to give a big shout out to my boys at mixed tapes and tasty cakes damian monte carlo albert lapore and angry mike d they gave me their top six hair metal groups and i'm going to read them off right now late on us number six was rat number five was white snake number four was poison number three was death leopard Number two was Motley Crue, and their number one was Bon Jovi. That's right, Bert. That's right, Bert and Damien. You know what's up. I'm glad you guys put Rad on your list. Yeah, that was yeah, great. At least somebody did. Yeah, the Tasty Cake guys are awesome dudes. You can check them out on YouTube. They've been old friends of us for billions of oh, years. Billions years. They're a bunch of talented dudes, so check them out. Do we have any listening feedback i do have a little bit of listener feedback so dan from boston he sent in this and this this is a two-part question i was listening to your show on the top six american rock and roll bands and noticed that when you talked about metallica you didn't mention lulu the album that they did with lou reed they tried what do you guys think about that it's horrible fuck that album yeah when um when they were recording that album you know kirk hammer start playing and lou reed would be like no bit belly dancing shit, meaning like like the doodling, like coming it's up wah wah pedal shit. Wah wah, like you call it belly dancing shit. Uh, I it, would say Lou, I think you, this ain't gonna happen, brother. Yeah, it, it was a well, you guys it's a failed three. experiment. I'm glad they did it, and I wish it would have turned out better. But I never bought the album. I listened to like five minutes of it of the one song. And it was, and we're huge Metallica fans. We got Metallica tattoos. It was the worst thing they ever done. Ever. I never even listened to it. I yeah, no you're not, idea. it's it's got awful. It is absolutely horrible. Did you I like it? Did you I, ever no, listen to I it? I thought it was terrible. And yeah. I, I love Lou Reed. I probably like, so do I. I probably yeah. like the Velvet oh, Underground yeah. a little bit more than I like Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. And the second part of his question was also, not that you asked, but an idea for a future episode is the best women or women led rock bands. Make sure Bruce tells the story about going to the Lilith Fair with his girlfriend from college. <laughs> Why is that? You went to Lilith Fair? Be... So I think Anne went to Lilith Fair. Oh okay. my well, god. Well, okay. The Indigo, so, Indigo but... Girls. We'll throw it on the list, Dan, and we'll we'll circle back. We don't Maybe we'll, we'll talk about Debbie Harry and how hot. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to yeah. talk about Debbie <laughs> Harry and Lita Ford. So Okay, guys, we have a new sponsor. We do. Before we do the electric chair, I'd like to introduce Lunacy Brewery Company. They are located in Haddon Heights, New Jersey, on West Kings Highway. They gave me a list of top six their hair bands. So let's start with them doing that. Their number six is a band that I never even heard of. 
called Rough Cut. And I believe that was from Ed. I think that was from Ed. I'm kind of curious. I, I can't wait to talk to Ed. Yeah. He's, and ask him, like, because I never heard of him. So yeah. I want to interested why, why gonna, that was. I'm going to check them out. Yeah. I don't no, yeah. Number third, number five was Poison. Number four was Dokken. They're the only ones that have Dokken on here. Yeah, we didn't have Dokken. Number three was Bon Jovi. Nice. Number two was Def Leppard. And their number one was Motley Crue. That's a great list, guys. So, so we see a bunch of great guys. Michael Lees and Ricky Lees and the Eds. And um, we grew up with these guys. And um, we like our, our, our bands, bands played play- there a couple times. And they've been nothing but family. This like We were in Little League with Mikey Lees. So if you ever have a chance, if you're ever out in New Jersey, in South Jersey... Uh, in Haddon Heights. Lunacy Brewery Company is located at 1400 Kings Highway in Haddon Heights, New Jersey. So we now, love you guys. So you guys now awesome. we're going to get together and we're going to do the electric chair. Sponsored. Sponsored by, by the Lunacy Brewery Company. The electric chair is a segment where we sentence a song to death for its crimes against musical humanity. And Ryan, I believe it is your turn. Okay. I went through this whole Bon Jovi thing, how much I love them, how much they helped me through my life with their songs. Um, at certain points in my life where I didn't know anything, they gave me hope, just like other bands through other people. You know, Bon Jovi is a very important band to me. And I'm stepping up to say that I hate one of their fucking songs <laughs> more than anything. And the song is Bed of Roses. Now, we talked about this earlier in the week, and you mentioned me this was going to be your song. Why are you singing this song to the electric chair? Dude, this song is the biggest pussy song there ever is. The piano <laughs> in the beginning of it is awful. The the guitar playing of it really? is awful. I don't know, Bruce man. Singing. It's a signature song. You might start some fights no, over this fuck one. that shit. Not for me. Bruce, play, play a little bit, and, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. God, I hate this fucking song. I hate this song because of the video also. But how about the marching band beating in my head part? We were a marching band when the song came out. All right, dude, I've had enough. John, I fucking love you. You're one of the greatest human beings there is. But this song fucking sucks. So hit it, Bruce. We sentence you to death. Yeah, yeah, I'm not clapping for that one, dude. They they would dude, be the most know. perfect band if they didn't have that I song. Dude, that song was a big, big hit, and, and that's uh, why I went to support. Electric Chair. I'm with, hey man, hey, it's your week. They're my number one band of all time, and if I want to send one of their songs no, to Electric Chair, you. I'm gonna do it. Boy, damn wait, it. When's it my turn? Two weeks from now. You are. Who uh, else does that? Who has their favorite know. band and kills one of their songs? Uh, he, he's just trying to be controversial. That's what I do. I know. So that is hair metal, everybody. So we took you through a magical journey. I went through three costume changes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to wear any of this stuff again. As we said at the top of the show, Prisoners of Rock and Roll is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. We're one of about 60 other shows. If you're into music commentary, you can check them out. And if you enjoyed the music we played during the show, we publish playlists on Apple Music and Spotify to go with every episode. And if you want more of us, you can check us out at PrisonersOfRockAndRoll.com and on every major podcast platform. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. We love hearing from you guys and hearing what you think about the topics we're discussing. 
And if social media ain't your bag, you can email us at prisonersofrockandroll at gmail.com. Special shout out to Rob Owens, the, the warden of the Prison of Rock and Roll, who is always spreading the good word about the show. And special shout out to international super fan Omar Srinivasan from Kampur, Indium. Omar. And to Mike Cianci for helping us put together our playlist. You're the man, Mike. Lastly, special shout out to every one of you who are joining us on this magical mystery tour. We hope you're having as much fun listening as we are doing this every two weeks. So that is it. Thanks, everybody. You guys are great. Keep on rocking. Peace out. I'm just a prisoner.